What's up, what's up, bitches? And happy Monday. Well, not so happy for everybody because I made a post on Instagram this morning kind of describing like a shitty Monday, you know, just a basic case of the Mondays and not wanting to start the work week, not wanting Sunday to be over and all of the weekend fun. And pretty much everybody messaged me and was on the exact same page. So if today was super hard for you to roll and get out of bed, or if you're just starting your week super slow, then I hope that this episode helps get you through it a little bit better. And if it does, then send me a message because as always, I say this every episode, usually towards the end, but I love connecting with you all. I've loved the fact that I've received more messages lately um, with feedback from the episodes and just kind of connecting about, you know, things that I'm interested in and have been talking about. So if you ever listen to anything and you have the desire to say something or you want to comment, the messages, DMs are always open. This is the first episode that I'm recording in the new place. I've been saying that I'm moving, I'm moving, I think since almost like late August or early September, but I'm finally fucking situated. I'm in a cute little cottage. I have all of my plants in the house and I have everything super cozy. So, you know, as I'm sitting here recording, I have a scent of healing candle going, um, a eucalyptus sea salt, incense cone, and some Palo Santo lit. So if you're not listening to this comfy and cozy, pause, try to get yourself something, even if it's just like a little cup of coffee or a Bev in hand, and snuggle up with me and let's just feel like we're on a cute little FaceTime. Last time I did an episode, I was lucky enough to get to chat with Danielle Rule from Love is Blind Season 2, and it was a super vulnerable and transparent conversation that we had about mental health, spiritual healing, just being career-oriented and empowering other women, and you know, just some realities of what it's like to be on a Netflix reality TV show and kind of the toll it can take on your mental health afterwards. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, go back, give it a listen. It's a good one. Share it with a friend, family member, whomever. But it was a really inspiring and thoughtful episode, I thought. And I do want to say, because I'm, I'm, I'm on TikTok, like I see things, and I'm sure that you guys do too, but I'm not trying to become a podcast like Call Her Daddy. Like I don't want to sell out and have impersonal episodes talking with people who, you know, are reputable stars, whatever, big names, and then lose the like personality of the show. So the goal of the show is to talk to people, um, you know, from shows that I enjoy, that I know that my followers enjoy and that we connect over to ask the questions that aren't necessarily on the nose with their brand or that they've said in a hundred interviews, but just to get to connect and know people, you know, from the shows that we watch. So I just want to say that I'm still excited to be bringing guests on and I'm, you know, super ecstatic that I've been getting more yeses lately, but I don't want you all to think that the direction I'm heading is like exactly Alex Cooper because that's not the vibe and I still enjoy doing personal episodes, solo episodes, or I'm just shooting the shit and keeping things light and that will always be a theme of Positively Uncensored. Now, Nate Mitchell and I from last season of The Bachelorette have been trying to coordinate and record an episode together 
twice now, um, maybe even three times. And we've done the recording. We've got on our like Zoom call together. And to be honest, you all, the audio quality was so shitty that it's just not something that we're happy with. And we do talk about things like the transparency behind being on a show like The Bachelor and what that's like when you leave the show and what things you can talk about versus what you can't. So I don't want to ruin all of that good content um, and information by not having good sound. So I'm super sorry that I wasn't able to get that fixed for you, but we are going to re-record together. I'm still excited to, you know, get that episode out and I hope that you all don't lose hope and you know that I am seriously working on all of those things, but technology, it really fucks with you. I didn't know it until I started this fucking podcast, but everybody who's working from home and trying to do like the Zoom calls or even if you're doing school remotely, I feel for you so much based off of how inconsistent it can go. So bear with me all as I'm trying to get the hang of all of this and, you know, get fun episodes out for you. And in the meantime, I hope that you can enjoy episodes when I'm solo and by myself. This week, I want to start because I've been watching like tons of television as I'm kind of getting settled and in the background of as I'm moving boxes and so many shows I just feel like I need to talk about with with someone and I'm hoping that you guys listen to at least or watch some of them and I can give you some recs too. So I just watched Sex Lives of College Girls season one on HBO Max and if you've ever watched the show Broad City, I would kind of give it the same vibe just because the girls are so fucking funny in the show. Um... Obviously, it's a little bit younger because they are in college, but super short episodes, 25 minutes. Um, It was like funny and not so heavy like Euphoria was. Um, I know that's about high schoolers, but still it was heavy. And the show is super light, super quick. I did cry a couple of episodes, but season two is just around the corner. So if you are in need of of like a quick show to watch that's fun, funny, Definitely watch Sex Lives of College Girls. It's not a show that you can't watch um, like with your partner either. Like if you have a boyfriend who always wants, you know, sports on or something, it's not going to be his cup of tea, but he'll definitely poke his head in and be like chiming in on it. It's one of those shows. I've talked about it so much on my Instagram, on my TikTok. So if you haven't already watched Tell Me Lies... I don't know why. I hope that this will be your nudge to just fucking watch it on Hulu before it's gone or something. But that show had such a hold over me. Giving a brief description if you aren't familiar with it and you know nothing. um, Basically, it's about a girl who goes to college and she goes away. She's from New York, goes away to college in California. And basically when she's there... She starts to um, meet this guy named Steven, who she becomes interested in. He's the typical guy, like, in a fraternity, um, you know, who has sort of like a girlfriend, but is is still fucking around. Like, that. that's who he is. And she becomes obsessed with him. And 
he's not a good person. I'm not going to say what he does, but you find out as the episodes go on that he is a bad person for so many more things than just one. And this show had one of the best cliffhangers and also one of the worst I've ever seen just because it's so like, what the fuck, we're season two. Um, But if you like shows that end with like drama or if you just like suspense, watch this show. It kind of reminded me of Pretty Little Liars back in the day. So if you were a Pretty Little Liars fan, this might be right up your alley. But I read the book. I fucking loved it. It's so much different than the show. Um, If you're one of those people who likes the book to be the same as the show, definitely don't read the book first or you'll be nothing but disappointed. But I would watch the show, then I would read the book. You can compare the two, kind of like fulfill your gap of what's going to happen in season two because, you know, since everyone's dying to know, the book at least helps wrap up some loose ends and kind of give some sort of conclusion. But... That's my second rec for you guys. It's dramatic. It's bingeable. Um, it's relevant. Like if you know a girl in college or if you were ever went to college, I mean, you've probably known somebody like Steven in your life before. The book is very triggering, just to like give a warning. If you do struggle with your relationship with food or if you have struggled with an eating disorder before, um, huge trigger warning with the book. It was hard for me to read even as someone who hasn't just because of what the main character goes through. So just know that before you just pick up the book, especially if you're going to read it off of my recommendation. I'm trying to get the author on the podcast. It's super hard because of how popular the show is right now, and it's blowing up. She has other books, but if I can't get her on, I'm dying to at least get on a cast member or potentially like a makeup artist from the show. I have talked to the lead makeup artist who did like organize and create all of the looks for the season and she's open to coming on the show but super busy um with creating like the new spy kids and kind of like doing all of the looks for that show too or that movie so I'm am waiting but I want to bring you guys something from that because like I said I was obsessed I literally had the podcast TikTok go viral um off of talking about that show so for everybody who found me on TikTok I want to bring something back to to like reunite all of it. And if you don't follow me on TikTok already, follow me. Like what the fuck? I don't just talk about tell me lies. There's going to be more clips of the pod, which is why I'm dying to do these interviews and get more people on. It's super easy to upload the clips, but fucking follow me and send me a message if you do so that I can send you a sticker too. Wrapping up all of the television recommendations, if you have Netflix, there's two new like design shows out that I'm obsessed with. I literally think that I could potentially be an interior designer or a real estate agent, haven't decided yet, but yeah, if this if I didn't already have enough going on in my personality where I was always questioning what I could be doing, these shows ignite that so much more because they make it so appealing. Um, buying Beverly Hills which has Real Housewives of Beverly Hills' husband on it, Mauricio. I'm obsessed. It has his family. It's dramatic. It's nothing like Selling Sunset. It's literally more just like drama between the family that is, you know, the Umanskis and running that firm. But it's super good. It's a quick watch. 
dying to talk to one of the girls. Um, and Kyle Richards is the wife. Like, if you are familiar with Bravo Housewives, you know how iconic Mauricio and Kyle are. So the fact that he has a spinoff show, like, just about himself and his business with his daughters in it, dying for it. Second of all, there's Designing Miami, which I am new to. I don't know if it just came out or what, but I started watching it this morning and I'm so fucking hooked. It's about a husband and wife couple in Miami and they both have different design teams, um, you know, like their own company. They do not work together. They compete for the same projects sometimes, but it basically shows each of their offices and like the teams that they're working with and I love like their dynamic as a couple I think they seem super competitive yet healthy and you know fun I love the fact that like almost everyone working for the wife is Latina so it's not a show like Selling Sunset or Selling the OC where predominantly most of the cast is just the same type of white woman you know I really like it it's diverse it's fun and if you want to annoy everyone in your life and just start talking about things like sconces and accent tables and like those weird beaded things that are on all of the coffee tables that I'm now obsessed with then you should watch this and you know you're gonna feel like the desire to change your career too Speaking of changing careers, I'm about to get fully immersed in, you know, working a new job, the new life that I'm going to have out here, like separating from the West Coast and starting a new life on the East Coast. And I'm just dying to know if anybody has experience in their late 20-somethings, like finding new friends. I know that I can't be alone in the fact that if you've ever had to move, whether it's, you know, by choice or you just want to experience like a different place, that there's a little bit of anxiety that comes with. And I think I've talked about this in an episode before about finding the right people. So I would love to know thoughts about, you know, or tips if you guys have any on how you guys find like-minded friends, because one of the things that I want to do like going into this new next year is just make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people, um, you know, who like to do the same things that I do. And for right now, that's not like going out and and blacking out at bars. Um, And there's no hate or shame to people who that is their cup of tea right now is going out and and drinking, but I'm past it. Um, If you've known me for a long time, then you know my story and you know that I've you know, had a good time in college and that I've lived that life. But right now I would just love to find friends who would like to do things with me that are just like enriching for the soul, whether that's, I have no idea, take up a stupid like pottery class or take up a cooking class or even just make plans to like have a night in and each make like a different dip. I have no idea. Like I'm just dying for a very chill friend group and getting into that as I get older and finding people who are content with like just letting me be um, where I'm comfortable the most. Not to say that I'm going to be a hermit or that I am a hermit. You know, I'm the weirdest intro slash extrovert ever, I guess. Like I love to chat 
love to meet new people, but at the same time, what makes me happiest is doing things that make me feel calm and help take away my anxiety and just make me feel super at home. So if you can relate to that, or if you've ever struggled with, you know, figuring out how to meet your people, let me know because most people our age, um, you know, are meeting people by going out and drinking or going to the bar. And like I said, I'm all for it once in a while. That's a great time. Um, but I'm also for doing things that are just very low key and chill. And it seems like it's a lot harder to meet people like that. Um, it's not like I have, like a dog park or something that I'm going to, you know, like when you're in college and you take your dog to the dog park and happen to meet other like undergrads, it's not that kind of vibe anymore. Like as you get older, finding people to connect with becomes a little bit harder. So plan right now so that you guys have an idea is to maybe take up like some yoga classes or some Pilates classes and I'm pretty friendly. So hopefully I can talk to some people that are there and like, you know, get to know at least a couple of people, but I'm open to any suggestions. And like I said, if you've ever done a big move and you've gone somewhere where you just don't really know many people, I would love to hear your advice. And I'm going to make this an ongoing thing because why not update you all on how this is working for me? And you know, if I'm finding people to connect with. It's definitely a bittersweet feeling to know when you have family close by that that's such a fulfilling and secure like thing to have for yourself and to know that you have that support right there. But there's something about like being around your friends too. And after I got acclimated to California, it's almost like, you know, do you want to live somewhere for friends and for the like environment because you can be outside all year. Um, you know, so for the weather, like, do you want to live somewhere for the weather and for the friends or do you want to live somewhere where your family is? Um, so for right now, I'm so curious if people would say that in their late twenties and in the start of their thirties, if it's more important to them about the place that they're living or if it's more important about being close to family, Arguments can be made for both sides, and I'd say that if you've never branched out and gotten away and done the opposite, then you need to. So if you've always been around family and you've never gone and experienced a place that you just know that you would fit in and love, you should do that. And if you've only lived a place that you like feel comfortable in because you love it, but you've had no family, no support system, um, you know you can always go back. Like there's, there's something refreshing about knowing that we can pick up and we can move as often as we want. I know that jobs are things that lock us in, but to be honest, life is so much more flexible than we make it. And in our minds, we can be so trapped in this like regimented lifestyle. Um, when really with a little bit of planning, you can make changes and just try out different things. I will say it's sometimes a bitch. Moving has not been the easiest process, but you can plan it. You can see if you like it. You can see if it's worth it. And once you do that, then I think we can have conversations like, you know, I'm trying to figure out now where is it more important to live somewhere that you love or is it more important to live by people that you love? Um, and is there a way to find both? 
it's so interesting how those conversations start to change as we get older and how we start to prioritize different things. So if you've ever found yourself thinking this, or if you find yourself in the same situation that I'm in now, where you're going through the same thoughts and emotions, like I said earlier, reach out so that we can connect and so that we can kind of go through this together and trade experiences. If you follow any of those accounts on Instagram that kind of give like the hot celebrity goss of the week or of the day, then you've probably seen one of those or somebody also repost, probably me if you follow me, um, Jen Aniston coming forward and talking about how she and Brad Pitt ended their relationship and how it's a little bit more different than we originally thought. And if you're a millennial listening to this, this makes sense even more because we really didn't know that much about like Jen and Brad, other than the fact that we thought that they were iconic together. Like people who are a little bit older than us, they may know like a little bit more backstory between, you know, their breakup and the start of him getting with Angelina Jolie. But just speaking personally about myself, because I never did any investigating, especially at the age that I was when that news was like breaking, I didn't know that there was any struggles with infertility in her life and that that could have been part of the reason why they would have split. You know, as she comes forward now and she opens up about the fact that because she could not have children for Brad, that was ultimately why they broke up. I think that that's such an important conversation to have because I think that there are so many women out there who have probably experienced the same thing. And I can't be alone in wondering if, you know, is he kind of a douche for, like, giving that as his, like, reason for ending a relationship? Or do you think that that's such a touchy subject where it truly does depend on how fulfilled you would feel, um, you know, from having a child? But when I hear that personally... What my mind goes to is with all of the money that you have and with all of the possibilities that there are, there could have been a surrogate for him. I just feel like from the details that we know, there probably are a lot of men who once they find out if their woman can't bear children for them, that they're just out. And in that book I even just read, You know, some people just see marriage who don't experience emotions like normal people as just marrying someone so they can bear your child for them. And I think that there's a little bit of an ick level in not saying a woman is, you know, deserving in that relationship or you can't love her the same way just because maybe she can't have a child or she's having difficulties. Um, So for me, when I heard that information, Again, this is positively uncensored. This is just my uncensored thought. I'm thinking he's a little bit of a dick. I mean, could have been something that they worked towards. Maybe she just didn't want to have children altogether. But I think that if she did, and if she was down to explore other options, it's almost like kind of casting her aside and deeming her not worthy um, or, you know, like she can't fulfill her purpose for him. And that to me is really gross. And I hope that if women have ever experienced that, um, like a horrible feeling that maybe they are able to like connect with her or, you know, find a solidarity amongst each other, because that sounds like such a traumatizing thing to go through um, for so many different reasons. 
as if it's not hard enough to bear the burden of, you know, not being able to have children already to then grieve the loss of the partner that you loved, um, you know, and wanted to go through life with, that adds a second layer of hurt. And I think that it would take a long time to come back with that. And to each their own on this, you know, let me know your opinion if you disagree. Obviously, I understand that as well. I definitely think that men are just as deserving as women to prioritize how important kids are in their relationship. So I'm not saying that a man should just, you know, not have children. Of course, if, you know, explore whatever the conversations that is with your partner. But from an outsider's perspective, who's just shooting the shit and giving their opinion, I think Brad seems like a real fucking dick. And Angelina had more than enough children for him. So I guess in the end, he got what he wanted out of that situation. I hope that this episode ends up being something short and sweet throughout your day. I know that it's not a long episode, but sometimes I just want to come in and check in with you all and tell you guys some recommendations on some TV I've watched, check in about what I'm doing in my own life, just talk openly about, you know, some of the conversations I'm having with myself or with my own friends, um, you know, about the stage of life where I'm at right now, and just give you all updates about things that I've tuned into in the news and that, you know, of celebrities, um, and that I think is important and noteworthy about talking about. So, I hope that you guys have fun with that the same way that I do. Next week will be a longer episode. I am bringing on a guest, so I'm super excited. And as I get more and more situated at our new place, I'm definitely going to be posting more videos just even as I record. I'm going to have a recording station with my desk and I'm going to take videos even when I'm by myself so that you guys can kind of see what I'm doing while I'm recording and it even more feels like we're connecting with each other or just like you're FaceTiming one of your best friends. But I'm super excited to see all of the new and fun things that are happening with the podcast and I'm always so appreciative of each and every one of you that tune in each week and listen. If you've ever taken the time to send me a message, share this episode with a friend, or you know, just even rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music, I appreciate you so much and just know that that's always the best part of my day is seeing those types of things. So love you all and can't wait to check back in next week. Bye!